Abba Yahweh, your word, your truth, your knowledge, your wisdom for the uprightness of my brothers and sisters to encourage, to embolden, to guide and love brothers and sisters in you, Father God. Abba Yahweh, Amen. Yeshua, Amen. Barakitos, Amen. Brothers and sisters, sharing here with you because the Spirit driving me in this direction. And um, it's something that I find quite a normal thing in my life because this is what the enemy chooses to attack. And this is what he loves to do because he knows that we do this thing. We have a tendency to practice, and the, the devil loves this. He loves to get into our mindset. We practice self-judgment and abasement, and he delights in that, brothers and sisters. We judge ourselves. We abase ourselves to see that we are not worthy. So what does that do? When we practice that, we keep ourselves from reading God's word, fulfilling our purpose, and actually refusal of God's gift based on how we feel at the time. We feel ourselves unworthy. We diminish ourselves. And in doing that very thing, we are also diminishing our Father. Do not diminish Father God, but exalt him and magnify him in all things. If we decide that everything's okie dokie in our finite world, then we decide to be worthy of God's attention. And when it's not, we try and miserably fail to correct whatever we decide is the shortcoming. That's not our decision, brothers and sisters unless we choose to function that way. And then we're going to have great difficulty in trying to press on to that higher plane. And it's going to be more difficult because we're trying to decide that we have to fix what we think is broken. Instead of fixing our gaze on God's face, and seeking his face through the word, he sees us as his children and clothed in his love. Brothers and sisters, we do not decide that we can't forgive ourselves. That's not our place. We're taking away from God his purpose and his grace and his mercy, we're diminishing that by trying to decide that, oh, I'm not worthy to do this. I am not going to read God's word. I, I can't go to God in prayer. Oh, goodness gracious, look what I've done. Look what I broke. And look what's going on here. I can't possibly go before God now. I can't talk to God. And this is exactly what the enemy wants us to do. This is why it's important, brothers and sisters, that we put on the full armor of God. And I've shared with you before that the easiest point of attack 
for the enemy is in our minds. And it doesn't matter what our intellectual prowess is, that doesn't matter. Because you have those who were profoundly wise, or they thought themselves to be wise, they were just very smart individuals, but they had problems in second-guessing themselves and second-guessing the decisions that they made. And this is, it doesn't matter, again, how intellectually strong you think yourselves, but you, that second-guessing and, and decision and those voices in the head are always there. It is the nature of our existence, and it is also what the devil uses as a tool against us, our own minds. This is why Paul writes in Philippians to renew our minds, renew our hearts, our soul, and our minds. Brothers and sisters, we have to do that constantly. We are in a spiritual warfare. And brothers and sisters, we have to remember that, that we are in a spiritual warfare. It is not against the things and physicality and all this. Ephesians 6 declares this to us. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, and ye may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all to stand. Brothers and sisters, the enemy is constantly flinging fiery darts at us. And when we have that shield of faith and the breastplate of righteousness, and we have the lagos, the Bible, the armory, the swords, the rema, each and every verse and chapter in this Bible is a rema our sword that we can draw from the armory and use that, brothers and sisters. That's why we need to stay in the word and allowing that mindset to get into our, into our heads and say, oh, I can't possibly get in the word of God. I can't, I can't face God and I can't. How can I go to God and pray to him now? Look what I've done. Look how I am. Oh, poor, poor, miserable me. See, brothers and sisters, I know wherefrom I speak because this is exactly what the devil tries to do to me. If I slip or I'm not walking exactly the way I think I should walk, then, the, then the, that mind starts to spin and he gets in and he goes, how are you possibly going to go out there and sit and study the Bible? How can you possibly get on there and share with these other people this thing? You can't do that. That's 
oh my gosh, you're not even worthy. So then first thing I do is I just start to pray. I thank God, firstly, for his forgiveness, his love, his grace, his mercy. Brothers and sisters, that is an important thing that we have to remember to do all the time. The devil wants us away from him. The devil loves derision. He loves that derisiveness. So he pushes us first to separate from each other, be angry and seek and find offense. I've shared with you already. If you look for offense, you will find it. And if there's things that I say and you're offended by them, that's because you're looking for something to be offended by. Brothers and sisters, I speak truth, period. I'm not going to make up things and tell you things that are not so. This is not about glory to Raven. This is about glory to God and his truth and his knowledge and his wisdom. And I'm going to share here from Ephesians 2, 7 and 8, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So brothers and sisters, there it is right in a nutshell. It isn't what we do. It's because we are his children, and it is the grace of God through the gift of our salvation that Jesus Christ came for us, and it was freely given. The only thing we have to do is choose to believe, choose to have faith. And if we choose to continue in self-abasement, self-judgment, and seeing how unworthy we are, then we're going to continue coming up short. And we're going to have a difficult time getting to that higher plane of existence, which is in his presence and his love, brothers and sisters. But we have to remember that it's very important that we have to seek that truth. And in Hebrews 3, 1, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. He came so that we could have life and have life more abundantly, and that we should not perish, brothers and sisters, but we have to choose to seek that thing. To seek that thing. And choosing to live our lives in self-judgment and declaring ourselves not worthy. Well, of course we're not worthy, brothers and sisters. We're talking about Jesus Christ the only begotten Son of God that stepped off of his throne, set down his crown, and came so that we could have the opportunity to be saved and spend eternity with him and Father God and our loved ones that have gone before us. 
So what is it possibly that you think that you might have, possess, how much in your bank account that you think that you can buy that? that you can buy the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made. There's nothing we have, brothers and sisters, absolutely nothing. Everything that we have is because of God anyway. So brothers and sisters, we have to just stay in that. Psalm 34. And again, this goes back to the relevance of the word, the Old Testament, the New Testament. It all ties in, brothers and sisters, and here, too, going to Psalms, since we're talking about mindset, we had a very great king and David. And God called him a man after my own heart. Was David perfect? No. Did David make some mistakes? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But he sought forgiveness the grace and mercy of Lord God. And when he fell short, he cried out to the Lord and talked to God. He didn't run off and hide and decide that he wasn't worthy of God. I mean, he called himself that, but he was talking to God when he was saying these things, and it was a confession that God appreciated. Brothers and sisters, that's what we have to do. When the devil tries to drive us into that dark little hovel that so many of us are so comfortable in climbing into and pulling ourselves back into that dark corner and pulling the window shades closed, locking up the door and taking deliveries to the front door only and not having any kind of contact with anyone whatsoever, brothers and sisters, in and out of the body of Christ, When we become comfortable in that, then we become very complacent and then we don't even pick up the Bible and read the Bible anymore. We we hardly ever pray or talk. But when those things come against us that are tumultuous and it's very stormy, that what we need to do is we need to reach out to God all the more. Stay in his word. Seek his face. Fix our gaze on him rather than on what is broken in it, or what we perceive is broken in us. I've shared this with you before, brothers and sisters. God does not expect perfection from us. Until he who is perfect has come, there is nothing perfect in this world. And that perfection will be Jesus Christ when he comes back as the lion of the tribe of Judah, not as the sacrificial lamb, but as the conquering Lord of the hosts of heaven. He who is perfect. That's Jesus Christ. Not one of us. And God does not expect perfection from us. He just wants our hearts. Brothers and sisters, Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. 
This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth him. David is talking about himself here when he talks about the man and talking about that. The poor man cried and the Lord heard him. He's talking about himself. When he cried out to God, God heard him. And brethren and sisters, the angels do camp around us. If we don't call out to God and we don't communicate with God, you have to remember, brothers and sisters, that God made us with a free will. And if we don't call out to him and say, God, I need help. He keeps us from falling miserably into utter and total darkness because he loves us, but he wants us to call out to him. In our weaknesses, his strength, brothers and sisters. Admission to our weakness and saying, Father God, you know I am weak, but you are strong. We just have to stop trying to fix what we decide is broken or what we think is broken. And when we try to fix it, we fail miserably in doing so. I've shared with you, brothers and sisters, in uh, the book of Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 11, that some theologians call that the hall of faith or the chapter of faith. And it is all about faith. But there's also a listing of persons that are in there. And when they failed to allow God to be central and they attempted to fix it on their own, they failed miserably in doing so. It became chaotic. But by their faith in God and allowing him to lead and be the one, then it was okay. It was fixed. And brothers and sisters, we just have to remember that, that by faith, as it is in here, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, by faith. And remember the faith that in Jericho, You remember there was a prostitute that lived there. Her name was Rahab. But she had heard of God's grace and protection of Israel. She had heard of that. And she told the spies. She took them and protected them. She hid them out. And she told them. She said, your God is all-powerful. We know about your God. We have heard about your God. She chose, instead of just hearing about it and then going on about her life, she chose to step out in faith. She hid the spies. She helped them to escape. And they rescued her family from Jericho. But it was faith. And she didn't die with all those 
and Jericho, she was rescued. And Gideon, (laughs) come on, Gideon, every time he turned around, he was declaring to God how unworthy he was, how weak he was, that he was not a good warrior, that he was not this or that. But through faith, he obtained salvation. And it is through faith, brothers and sisters, Daniel's faith, it closed the mouths of the lions, brothers and sisters. And all through things that we go through, brothers and sisters, is our faith in God that keep us going. In Hebrews 11.36, And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. Brothers and sisters, but their faith in God did not diminish. They wandered in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. But brothers and sisters, they thought themselves unworthy. They wandered around. They didn't think themselves worthy of being in the world. Self-torment, self-abasement. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, brothers and sisters, it is our faith that carries us through these things. If we stop in the midst of the storm and whine and cry about what's going on around us, and we just stop walking and we hunker down. You're still in the middle of the storm. God holds out his right hand to us. Take it. Let him hold our hand and walk with him. Follow him. Be faithful. Seek his face. He is our shelter in the time of storm. He is our safe tower. When we call on his name, he is our strength. And brothers and sisters, this is a very powerful passage that I'm going to share with you here. This is so powerful. This is in our adoption letter. I shared with you part and parcel of this the other day. For we are saved by hope. This is Romans 8, starting in verse 24. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. So if we look and focus on those things that are temporal and those things that are physical around us, and we are putting our hope and faith in that, that's not hope, that's not faith, because it's all going to diminish, perish, rust, corrupt and fall away. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? So if all those things are so great, why is there still hoping for more and beyond? Don't focus on those things that are temporal. But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. 
Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know that what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Brothers and sisters, this is so powerful. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Brothers and sisters, all we have to do is look to our Lord and not listen to that pushing from the devil, which he loves to attack our minds. And brothers and sisters, this is the most important part of that book, I believe, my perception. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril of the sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Brothers and sisters, there is going to be troubled times. But instead of hunkering down and whining and crying about why me, O Lord. Father, Abba, Yahweh, what are you trying to teach me here? Take my hand. Guide me on to that higher plane. I seek your face. Your grace and your mercy is more powerful, Father God. You are sovereign over all things. Continuing verse 37. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded. I'm convinced. I'm persuaded. Didn't take anybody with a stick beating me over the head either, brothers and sisters. I open the word of God. And though the enemy tries to get me to judge myself unworthy, my father God. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to share at that particular point in time because it is as I've told you before. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That we live and live life more abundantly, brothers and sisters, but the focus must be on Father God and our faith in him, our belief in Jesus Christ who came for us. Brothers and sisters, be not afraid nor dismayed, for lo, I am with you whithersoever thou goest. Thus saith the Lord my God. He said that you go all the way back to the book of Deuteronomy, 
When Moses is counseling Joshua, he commands him the same thing. He tells him there. The angel tells Joshua in Joshua 1.9, he tells him the same thing. Have I not commanded thee? Be not afraid nor dismayed, for I, thy Lord, thy God, am with you whithersoever thou goest. Be strong, be of good courage, brothers and sisters. God reminds us. And then his prophet Isaiah tells him the same thing. Be strong, be of good courage, for I, thy Lord, thy God, am with you wherever you go. Wherever we are, wherever we go, whatever we're in, God is there. For some, the greatest distance that God ever is from us is the distance that it is from the kneecap to the floor. And for other people, it's just turning the head and talking to God. And we don't even have to go that far. God is never distant. Remember, brothers and sisters, God is omniscient. He knows all things. He's omnipresent. He's always with us and he's omnipotent he is all powerful he is sovereign he created all things and by all things by his hand his might they consist abba yahweh the maker of all things made the stars, the planets, the heavens, the mountains, all things by his might and his power. Brothers and sisters, the grace that God bestows on us for his love that we don't deserve and we cannot purchase no matter what we think we might have or what we think we might do, can't be bought. And his mercy to hold back what we definitely do deserve. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, I love you. Be blessed. Be encouraged. Be of good courage. Be of a sound mind. Sober thought. Don't let this devil get in and wrangle your thought process and try to separate you from God because that's his purpose. That is his sole purpose and he takes great delight in doing that. Brothers and sisters, I love you. Be blessed this day. As I've shared with you, I pray for you. Am I going out? Am I coming in? You are in my prayers continually. Have a blessed day.